Hey guys, it's your girl E. I am back with another podcast for you guys. And today's topic and today's title of this podcast is called The Battles That We Lose. And in discussing the battles that we lose, I'm going to take a look into uh, King David's life. And as I'm taking a look into his life, I want you guys to take a real deep look into his life as well. And when I give you guys this word and, and, and the perspective that God has given it to me to give to you, I don't want you to think that I am judging David, you know, that I'm judging King David, but I'm giving it to you from a perspective that as I was pondering, you know, a certain aspect of his life that God gave me a revelation and a, a way to look at it, right? Okay, so we all know who King David is. Um, if you look at the Old Testament, uh, King David was uh, one of the kings from the Old Testament. And King David was anointed to be king as a young boy. Um, I believe, you know, um, some of the Bible scholars said that he was even anointed um, to be king when he was a teenager. But of course, we know that uh, David was not king until some years later because there was a lot that David had to learn. But the perspective that I want to look at and I want to have you guys to look at and what God gave me um, in this title, in this episode called The Battles That We Lose, is that when we look at King David's life, right, and, and it was one that was extraordinary, um, it was one that is one of the greatest testimonies I feel like that's in the Bible, especially of the Old Testament, Um King David's life was not easy, you know, just like how a lot of people's lives today is not easy, right? But what God wanted me to have you see and from this perspective is, is that when we look at King David's life, when we look at his life from a child all the way to his, his deathbed, David always was in some type of battle. He had seasons in his life where things may have been good, and things were going great. But when we look at David's life and when we look at his story that was captured, and then when we also look at, you know, um, the majority of the Psalms that were written, that David had written even for other people, David was not afraid to capture his strong moments and he wasn't afraid to capture his his weak moments, right? But see, that's one of the things that I love about David was that David was not afraid to be transparent with himself, with other people, with the people around him. And I think that that's what get, gave David his strength was because even though he was very transparent, David was probably the most transparent before God, before he was anyone, you know, anyone else. But keep that in mind, right? So when we look at King David, what God showed me was that King David, even as a little boy before he was anointed to be king, King David was so good at winning battles on the outside. Every time you turn around, you know, David, he fought the bears, he fought the lions, he fought Goliath. He, he, um, they chanted in the streets and said, you know, David had killed his ten thousands and saw his thousands. And, you know, David was always seen and known to be a man of, he was, you know, physically, he was very strong. He was mentally very strong. David, um, 
even though he was very small, like, you know, maybe short back in those days, however the height was, you know, for those back in those days, um, David was still considered to be small for his stature, but he was very strong physically and mentally and also spiritually. But what God wanted me to show you is and tell you is, is that even though David was very strong in a lot of ways, there were still some areas in David's life where he was very weak at. And the perspective that I wanted to give it to you from is if you look at David's life, you always hoop and holler about his strength. And, you know, David did this and David did that. And, you know, David fasted and, and he did all these things. But one thing that David really could not do very well was is he could not win a lot of the battles that he faced on the inside, right? Because if you look at David's life, like I said, he he was good at fighting off animals. He was good at fighting off um, Goliath, right? He was good at um, building an army. He was good at, you know, building his kingdom. And he was good at fighting. And he was good at going before God, when it came to, you know, people taking his things and he and David asking God, God, shall I go up to this and fight? And God, shall I go do that? And God would say, yes, I will anoint you to do this. And God loved David. God said that David was a man after his own heart. And that is very, very true. And I do believe that God allowed us to see the 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 weaknesses of David as a testimony for one to let us know that we can still be weak in certain areas but still be called and be strong in other areas but another perspective that God wanted me to show you is is that just because that God can use us still I feel like and I know that the Bible is a it's, it's the written word of God. It's the inspired word of God from the Holy Spirit. But what God also has the Bible for, not just to give us strength, but it's also to look at, you know, our, our sisters and brothers um, who are now in Christ, who were back then, when where we can look at their lives and go, you know what? That's a testimony. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I shouldn't go down this path. And when we look at David's life, what we can see, right? And what I can show you that God gave to me is that not that, and I'm not saying this in a judgmental way because I'm, I'm trying to say it, but I know if it comes off harsh, I don't want you guys to think that, oh, you know, I'm being mean or I'm being, you know, um, judgmental and whatnot. I'm, I'm giving it to you from a perspective of how God would want you to see it, right? There were a lot of battles that David won on the outside, right? I already spoke, spoke to you about this. But there was a lot of battles that David did not win, right? And it mostly had to deal with who David was on the inside. See, David became so good at fighting the battles on the outside. He could win the war. He can get his men together and, and form an army. He, he was good at training them because David was a man of war. He was he was a good fighter. He was very strategic in thinking. He, he can go into a land and overcome it. He can seize that land and have his people um, destroy them because he was very smart. He was very strategic. David knew how to how to go in and fight off certain animals because he, he did that as a kid when he was raising his father's sheep. He was used to being 
being out there with the animals. See, David was very skilled physically um, to to uh and very spiritually to to fight things and david was very close with god and david often talked with god and had conversations with god and say hey god do you want me to go over here and win this battle and god would speak to him david even knew how to fast and pray and and get god to move and to work and and to answer prayers right but when it came to the inside of david that is one thing that David really could not defeat. See, David was good at defeating the Goliaths and, and the, the mountains and the lions on the outside. But what David was not good at doing was fighting the Goliaths on the inside. Because when it came to David's own lust, when it came to David's own sexual desires, right? Come on, Bathsheba, right? Come on, you know, getting another woman who was uh, married, pregnant. And David was married at that time too, right? Come on, Bathsheba. You know, come on, uh, Uriah, when David had Uriah killed because he was trying to cover up his own sin, right? So there was a lot of things in David's inner circle, his inner man, that he was not very good at winning. And God wanted me to tell you that it... You know, we, we all have our weaknesses, right? And and God has not given given this to me from a perspective to, to, to beat you down, right? Because we all have our own weaknesses. But what, what God wanted me to tell you in this season is, is that he says he wants you in this season to become so strong at fighting your glasses on the outside that you become that same strength and that same amount of, uh, you know, strength to fight your Goliaths that are on the inside. God says, I want you to be as strong on the outside as you are on the inside, right? And so what does that look like? You know, what, what does that look like to you? And you may be thinking, well, why couldn't David just go to God? Maybe David did go to God, or maybe there was just certain things about David's life that he did not want to fully give over to God. Because remember, when David went to um you know, look upon Bathsheba when Bathsheba was on a roof um, taking a bath, you know, back in those days. And, and how do you take a bath on a roof? You know, who knows that that was that was their life back in the days. That's how they built, you know, the kingdom and all, all that other stuff. But, you know, David was looking on uh, Bathsheba. And you can also say in, in this uh, specific scene in David's life, David was not where he was supposed to be. If if it's if I'm if I'm remembering correctly from the biblical times and, and some of the research that was done, David was not supposed to be home. David was supposed to have been out on a field. Why was David not where he's supposed to be? Right? So he looks upon Bathsheba and he lusts after her, and then then he told his men to go bring her to him, right? And he takes her forcibly. Now you could call it rape. But it didn't sound like Bathsheba wanted to be with him willingly. She probably knew that, hey, look, I'm married. I can't be with another man. And, you know, not not only that, at that time, they were off to war. So if something would have happened in which she did get pregnant, they would have been like, well, who baby is it? Because your husband was on a battlefield. There's no way that that could be his baby, right? So... Things like that, that you can look at your life and go, okay, what is it that I need to give over to God? What is it 
that I need to lay before the altar of Jesus' feet and go, you know what, God, I need help in this area. I'm not that strong in this area. I want to be as strong as I am on the outside and victorious on the outside as I am on the inside. And I don't mean just, you know, looking strong and, 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 and sounding strong. I mean defeating your generational curses. What is in your bloodline that keeps repeating itself, that keeps repeating the cycle through each generation that's born? And, and you have to say, how long is it that we're going to keep going through this cycle? Because if you look at, if you look at uh, David's children, King Solomon, he was the same way. He had many wives. And I'm not saying that Solomon didn't love them, but I can assure you that there was a lot of a part of him that lusted after them. Why? Because he repeated the same cycle that David did not break. So the, the title of this podcast is called The Battles That We Lose. Okay, I want you to think about that. The battles that we lose, right? Not the battles that we win because we can sit up there and talk about the battles that we win all day, every day. We, we, can, we can hype it up, right? But what about the battles that we lose? God is saying, don't be so good at fighting the Goliaths on the outside that you forget that there's, there's an enemy on the inside of you that you have to face. You have to face you. You have to face your insides. You have to get before God and say, how can I win at this? And you're not going to be perfect. And it's not going to all come together in one Jesus session, right? It may take you three years. It may take you four years. It may take you going to a few therapy sessions a few times and say, you know what? Thank you for allowing me to see that I do this this way. It may take you a few books to read. It may take you, you know, consecrating your life for 12 months straight. Getting before God saying, you know, I, I need to work on this area. Father, I need you to, to uh, intervene for me. Right? Because when we look at David's life, right? A lot of people who've been holler about um, the things that David did, but David learned how to fight from a very young age, the things on the outside, because from what I can gather and from what I can understand, King David, well, at the time, just David before he was king, David was not the most preferred son from Jesse. David came from Jesse, right? And Jesse had other sons, but it said that David was possibly um, the uh, result of Jesse having an affair with another woman. That's a possibility. I'm not too sure, but I do know that I've heard another sermon put it that way um, from someone who I trust in uh, the body of Christ, that it could be that way. But from what I know from my own reading and from my own understanding that God has given me, that David was not the preferred son. Right. When 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 the prophet Samuel came to Jesse and said, God told me to anoint one of your sons for they will be king. When Samuel said that Samuel took the oil that God told him to anoint and, and, and Samuel put it on each of Jesse's sons. 
And Samuel said, none of these are it. You must have another son somewhere. And when Jesse had to ponder, he was like, well, there is David, you know, but I can assure you that Jesse was not proud of David because David was always the son that was picked on by his other brothers. David, I believe, was the youngest. And David was always the son that was probably considered the black sheep of the family. He was always off doing something. And David was always on the outside attending the sheep. And it was most likely that uh, Jesse's other sons did not attend the sheep and, and did not care for the farm. It was mainly put on David. So if, if you think about it, right, if David was not the preferred son, if David was was one of those children who his own father did not consider, right? Think about it. I want you to picture this with me, right? Picture this, right? I'm giving you a picture. David was not preferred. They didn't want to be bothered with David. So what did they make David do? They, they gave him a tasker, right? That kept him outside. That lets you know that they did not want to be bothered with David. They gave him a tasker that kept him outside and away from the family that kept him busy. Because I can tell you right now that that being a, a shepherd to sheep is not easy. A, a lot of wolves like to come in and uh, attack sheep and, and other um, animals on the outside. So David always had a battle against him even as a young child david was a teenager when he was anointed to be king david had to fight even as a young boy and he didn't understood and he didn't understand why he was hated so much even from his own brothers and from his own father and from what i can remember and from what i can understand if you look back on david's life and you read his story from jesse and his brothers um up until he was anointed to be king to be king right? There was no word and no mention of David's mother or that Jesse even had a wife at that time. So from what we can gather, it's a possibility, right? That David came from a broken home. Maybe his brothers had um, the luxury of having a, a, a father and a mother. But when we look at David's life, it appears as if David did not have that luxury. So if we if we if we create the picture that David did not have a mother growing up and and he was kind of the the black sheep of the family nobody wanted to be bothered with him David had a spirit of rejection on him as a young little boy having a spirit of rejection as a little boy hurts especially as a man right it hurts David knew a lot of pain growing up David knew a lot of rejection growing up. That's why David was so good at fighting. Because David grew up with his back against the wall. His father didn't really prefer him. His brothers couldn't stand him. They always bothered him. They always picked on him. And when, when uh, Jesse's sons were uh, sent off the train in a war and to fight Goliath, Jesse said, hey, bring your brother this food because they're out there. They're stuck, you know, in this in this part of the territory. And David went out there. And if you were if you've ever read the story, you would see that 
David's brothers made fun of him. You know, they, they were taunting him even as he was bringing them, you know, their food because they were stuck fighting this Goliath who they were afraid to, to, to fight him. So that lets you know that even in the midst of a war and, and, and being uh, belittled by Goliath, his brothers still found the harshness in their heart to make fun of David and go, what do you come here to taunt us? What do you come here? Throw this in our face. So that lets you know the attitude that David's brothers had towards him. So I'm trying to build this picture of David, even as a little boy, so that you guys will know that David knew battles and he knew rejection even as a little kid. So he was always kind of like the kid that was on edge, that was always ready to fight, that was always ready to defend because David was used to defending what? The sheep. He fought off the bears. He fought off the lions. He fought off other things. And even within fighting those other animals, God was very present in David's life. This is why God sent Samuel even as David was a young boy and said, I'm going to anoint David to be a king and to replace Saul because God already knew what Saul was going to do. So David had a broken home. He didn't have the best life growing up. He was not preferred. He was considered the black sheep of the family. He was made fun of. He was ridiculed. But yet God still used him. And although God still used him and, and David went off to fight and win so many wars and he had a few wives and he had children and some of them were great. Some of them were, some of them were not because if you look at the rest of David's life, there was a point in time when, you know, David's children, his sons even wanted to try to overthrow him in a throne, but I'm not going to get into that. David did a lot of good and David and God used David's life as a testimony. And as you all know that, from the bloodline of David came Jesus, right? Thousands of years later came Jesus. So so God had a plan for, for David from the beginning, right? But what God also wanted me to tell you is that even though God can use your life, and, and although you can be very great at what it is that you do, God wants me to tell you that to get healed on the inside, the battles that you keep losing are not the ones on the outside. The battles that you keep losing are the because it's it's something that you're not winning on the inside, right? And if you look at David's life, one of those battles was the spirit of lust, right? It, it was David likes sex. He liked, he liked some type of power. And when he was in position of power, like I was telling you, he, he told his men to go get Bathsheba because he wanted to have sex with her. And in the Bible, at least in the King James Version that I read, it said that, and he took her. That didn't sound like Bathsheba came willingly. And as much as we look at David's life and as much as we look at him and, and, and we hoop and holler that David was a good man and, and he danced before the Lord and, and, and I want to dance like David danced. But, but what we can look at is that David had a lot of weaknesses. And you, and you can attest and say that one of them was a spirit of lust. When it when it came to sex and and the lustful desires and in you know the the promiscuity of things, David was not very very strong in that area. As much as David fasted, as much as he he was a great king, as much as he gave a commandment, and as much as he fasted for other people, 
And that's another thing that God wanted me to tell you. David was very good at fighting for other people. And he was very good at fighting for what belonged to him physically. And, and he knew how to fast and he knew how to he knew how to move the atmosphere. Right? But David was not so good at dealing with who he really was on the inside. Why was that? Because when you grow up like David, when you grow up in a broken home, when you grow up in a home that that was not so stable and, and you're so used to your back against the wall, you don't have an opportunity to slow down. You don't have an opportunity to, to know what it's like to have a healthy relationship. See, David never really had a healthy relationship with his father. So David didn't know how to have a real healthy relationship with himself. Yes, David developed a healthy relationship with God because God even said that David was a, a, was a man after my own heart. But there was one thing that David was not good at. was that he wasn't good at the relationship between himself and himself. Why? Because part of that was because of his upbringing. Now, nowadays, we would say, you know, once you become a certain age, you have to become responsible for who you are. And I do agree with that. And I can attest to that. When you become of age, no matter what has happened to you as a kid or as a young adult, you are now responsible for your life. You are now responsible. And at a certain point, you cannot keep saying and using the excuse, oh, because of my generational curses. Everybody has a generational curse in their bloodline and everybody has a generational blessing in their bloodline. But at some point, when do you stop making their excuse and say, you know what? I need to get healed and whole in this area. Because if I don't, it might get the best of me. Right? And it, and I don't always mean physical. I mean spiritually. I mean when when David was at the end of his life, right? Th this is what I mean when certain things get the best of you spiritually. David was supposed to build... Um, like a tabernacle. I think that David had a heart to build a certain tabernacle for God, right? I don't know what the tabernacle was called. Don't don't get me to quote it, you know, because I don't want to be lying, you know, whatever. But I do know that David had a, a desire to build something for God. And towards the end of his life, David was like, yeah, God, I want to build this for you. Because if you go in the, back in the Old Testament, you, you'll come upon it. And, and I will try to um, after this podcast, I will try to find the scriptures and, and, and show you where God said, told him. And God said, you no longer will build this temple because there's blood on your hands. But your son Solomon shall build it. And this was after King David killed Uriah and had him killed and had him murdered. And then after his baby um, was uh, died um, after being, uh, I don't know if it was stillborn or what, but I know that the baby that King David had with Bathsheba did not survive, right? This, this was after that, right? David let his lust and he let his, the Goliaths that he had on the inside get the best of him to the point to where he had blood on his hands. And God said to him, you shall no longer do this, this, that, and a third, but your sons shall do it because you have blood on your hands. Doesn't that sound familiar? It sounds a little bit like Saul. God told Saul, he said, you shall no longer be king, but I shall raise up another king instead to replace you because you have been disobedient. It took David 
one whole year or approximately a year, a little bit after a year, but from the time that David slept with Bathsheba, or you can say raped Bathsheba, or forced her to have sex, but I do know that the Bible made it to where it seemed like Bathsheba did not go willingly. So take take that as you will, right? After he, he forced himself on Bathsheba, and after she gave birth, and after he killed Uriah, David had blood on his hands. And that's when God said, you shall not do X, Y, and Z. When we don't fight the Goliaths on the inside as good as we fight our Goliaths on the outside, we are going to shut the doors that God has for us. Even the doors that God did not necessarily call us to have, but because we have a desire to please God and we say, God, I want to do this for you. Just like King David. God may turn around and go, you know what? Nope. You don't close that door because there were certain areas in your life that you were supposed to fix and get healed from and you did not. So now because you did not heal from it and you did not fight your Goliaths on the inside as good as you fought your Goliaths on the outside. Now you have closed that door and it wasn't that David wasn't blessed because David was still blessed. His kingdom was still blessed. The land that he owned flourished. Right. Because it doesn't necessarily mean that everything that you don't deal with on the inside, it doesn't mean that God is going to destroy everything around you. Because when God calls us for his purpose, he uses us for his purpose. And then that's not going to change. But what God wants us to know now is, is that although he calls us according to his purpose and according to his will for our lives to do his work. To complete our assignments. God says that even though he knows that we have weaknesses. And he still overlooks them anyway. God said that just because he overlooks our weaknesses and calls us anyway. Doesn't mean that we should just leave our weaknesses by the wayside. This is what Jesus Christ is for. And Jesus Christ said in the New Testament. He said greater works that we should do than he did. Right, And I'm not talking necessarily so much works um, on the outside. I'm talking about Jesus wants us to know that a lot of us in this generation and the generations who accepted Jesus Christ as, as their Lord and Savior, he said that greater works that you're going to do on the inside, right? You're going to get healed on the inside. Through Jesus Christ, you can defeat your Goliath on the inside just as good as you fight the ones and defeat the ones on the outside. So my question to you today is and to, to think and to think on the title of this podcast and to, and to think of what the things that um, I just said and what God had me give to you. The battles that you lose. Could you have overcome them? And if not, why? And if, And if you could have overcame them, Write down what it is that you wish you could have done, right? And then I want you to write down all of your generational curses that you know of, right? And then and then pray and ask God to show you, because there may be some generational curses that you're not aware of. Ask God to reveal to you. Say, God, what are the generational curses that I need to be made aware of? 
and write those things down. Write down your your flaws. Write down the the things that you made a mistake, the errors that you made a mistake in. Write down the things that you keep, the cycles that you keep repeating, right? The Goliaths that you look at on the inside that you you just can't win, right? You know, maybe you have a, you know, a problem with, uh, you know, I don't know, drug addiction, or you may have a problem with, you know, your bad attitude. You may be cursing people out left and right, you know, whatever it is that you feel like you want to bring before the Lord, right? Bring it before God, write it down, write it down on a piece of paper. The paper that got to be perfect. Just get you a pencil or a piece of paper and a pen and write it down and write down intergenerational curses and pray about the ones that you don't know about. And if God reveals it to you, he reveals it to you. And if he just doesn't want to do it at the time, fine, he'll probably do it at a later time. Pray over it and ask God to 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 change your want to because a lot of times, you know, people may not be at a place where they want to give up the generational curse, right? But they know that it's bad for them. Ask God, if you don't want to, ask him to change your want to. Pray and ask God to, to change your want to and, and to change how you look at your generational curses. And, and, and ask God and say, God, help me to fight these Goliaths that are on the inside of me. And say, I'm tired of losing these battles. I'm tired of losing the wars that are, are on, that are on the inside. And you don't have to look like what you're going through. And, and, and don't focus so much on you know, what people may say and what people may think. This is between you and God. And, and I don't mean, you know, reveal this publicly. I don't mean, you know, go tell the world, you know, oh, this is what God told me. And, and these are my lives. This is something that in this season that God may want you to keep between you and him. Right. And you don't even got to be telling your family members. Because remember, there are some family members that when you start telling them that you're breaking generational curses, they may start getting mad and they may become demonically influenced because guess what? They were not the ones that were breaking generational curses, but they were the ones who were uh, living in generational curses. So you can't always reveal to your family what it is that you're doing. This is something that you should just keep between you and the Lord and let the Lord work that thing out in you. Let him work on the inside so that way you can stop losing these battles, right? You you don't have to be like King David where you win the battles on the outside and you look great. But then when you come home, you know, you're, you're given after your spirit of lust. You're, you're, you know, given into this type of temptation, right? Because you're not winning the Goliaths on the inside, but instead you're you're fighting the Goliaths on the outside and you're winning, but you can't win the battles on the inside. So I hope that this podcast is a blessing to you. I hope that you you are going to take something from this and learn from it. And I pray that this blesses you. And I pray that as you you take your your piece of paper with your your Goliaths written down and I'm I'm gonna have you call them your Goliaths, right? Your what is what is something that you feel that is bigger than you that you cannot handle that you need to give over to God, right? And in the spiritual realm, I want you to ask God to get your, your rock and your sling ready, right? That's, that's going to be your, your weapon of choice, right? Which is really the word of God. And I want you to ask God to help you prepare your, your rock and your sling 
So that way, you know how to aim and defeat the enemy. And I want you to pray over that paper. And I want you to pray over your weaknesses. And I want you to pray over what it is, um, the areas in your life that you feel like you need strength in. And I want you to take it before God. And I want you to be become serious about him working on the inside of you. And even if you take two steps forward and one step back and then five steps forward and two steps back, do not give up. Because I'm telling you, everybody has a Goliath to face on the outside and the inside. And you're not going to win it all in one season. And you're not going to win it all in one day. It may take you three years. But I want you, as you're, as you're praying your way forward, have patience with yourself. Have patience with yourself and give yourself grace. But also, also remember that God is still on, on a spiritual timeline, his timeline, not ours, but his. Because in this season, God wants you to be just as strong as you are on the outside, on the inside. Don't let, don't keep letting your Goliaths on the inside defeat you. No matter how long it takes, eventually with Jesus Christ on your side, you're going to win. And I pray that this message blesses you. And I pray that you seek God in this area of your life. And I pray that in due season, that you experience the freedom that you've been praying about. And that you experience the the generational blessings that you are about to bring upon your life by walking in obedience. To whatever it is that the Holy Spirit is leading you. And to whatever it is that God is, is dealing with you on the inside. In all these things I pray in Jesus name. Amen.